Hey, ladies and gents, and welcome to our post-E3 podcast, where we're going to be talking about all things E3. This last week, we had all the press conferences, we had people go and get impressions on all the games, uh, and we're just going to be talking about all of our thoughts about the uh, the week that was E3 2018. Um, we're going to be starting off in a way that's uh, kind of the same way we did the predictions for E3. Uh, we're going to be going round, uh, round robin, round table, however you want to call it. Um, just talking about the three things from each, up to the three things from each uh, conference um, that really we liked. We'll start off on a positive note. Um, we're going to be doing uh, PlayStation, Nintendo, Xbox, and then the third parties we just kind of mixed up together. Um, so I guess we'll start off with PlayStation. And uh, there's no other way, no other place to start than Last of Us Part Two. Um, really cool. Woo. We saw Ali at this uh, this dance that was happening. We assume within a church because the set that PlayStation had was inside of a church, or at least it's a dance hall of some sort. Um, this really cool scene played out um, between Ali and this other girl character who's actually being mocapped by Shannon Woodward from uh, Westworld, who's a really good actress. Um, finally, Which, know who her character who's, is. Who is she in Westworld? She's the... I've only seen the first season of Westworld, but she's the female agent that works with the black-bearded guy. She has, like, glasses. She works with uh, the Hemsworth brother. You know there's the Hemsworth brother in Westworld, and there's the lady that works with him? I know the characters you're talking about, but not... There's a prominent white girl on the show. Like, that's an agent or whatever that works for, like... So she doesn't look like her character. No, not at all. That's the craziest thing. Gotcha. Because the girl in the Last of Us uh, Part 2 thing looks kind of Italian or some kind of ethnic uh, mixture, whereas Shannon Woodward is very, much looks like a, yeah. very much looks like a Caucasian woman. Um, yes. So it starts off with them dancing. Um, the gameplay was phenomenal. Obviously, we'll get into it because I think everybody has a little bit to say about it. Um, first off, there were some questions as to whether or not it was real or not. Um, Michael Huber from Easy Allies actually stated that he was sitting inside uh, for their behind closed doors demo of the same thing and somebody was controlling and everything was playing out the same way uh to be honest i had the same concerns like some of those animations towards the end of the demo didn't seem very much like gameplay they're very they seemed very much like qtes um so i was like this is awesome but i'm hesitant to believe that this is all gameplay but i guess it was uh which is really interesting naughty dog is the one studio where i i would believe that you know unless given a reason not to um yeah yeah. Well, it's mostly because of their controller disconnecting for the first Last of Us demo. <laughs> yeah. Um, was, uh, that was Bruce that was Straley funny. had a disconnected controller, so it's like, no, they definitely do it for real. Yeah. Uh, so the scene was really cool. It played out uh, with them beginning to dance. They they kiss, and there's this dialogue between the two of Allie kind of showing that she still doesn't wholly believe in herself fully, and the girl's kind of reassuring her um, that she is somebody that everyone should be worried of, especially considering that uh, we've known by now. It was weird that, let me go on off on a tangent, it was weird that people were surprised that Ellie was a lesbian. That's kind of like a known quantity. I don't know why that was yeah. so surprising to yeah, people. Yeah, I was, I, I had the same exact thing. I was yeah. like, did none of you play Left Behind? That shit is so good. Why would you skip that awesome DLC? Yeah, I figured it was a known quantity by this point. I love the transition of this whole presentation, though, of uh, it ending that little section with her saying they should be terrified. Cold cut uh, to Ali stabbing this dude in the neck, killing him. Yeah. We go through the gameplay demo. Obviously, you guys will have some specific things to say about what you enjoyed about it. 
the gameplay demo ends uh, after the brawl uh, with this guy where she brutally kills this guy with a, a machete to the neck. And it spins back around. It transitions into her saying, see, I told you they should be terrified. And Allie, like, smiling. Um, a really cool detail in the trailer was at the beginning during the dance, the girl that's with Allie is wearing this bracelet on her arm. And during the gameplay section where Allie's being very brutal, she has the same armband on her on her hand. So you assume that's the girl's... The, you know, we know it's a story of vengeance, so we assume yeah. that this girl's probably going to die or get captured yeah. or kidnapped or something. Um, I just loved them transitioning from, like, we have these character moments, these human moments between people, like her wiping her sweat on her, some very human, great moments, but then it cuts to, like, no, this is a brutal world. Like, you're going to be doing some awful, nasty stuff. Um, so, you mind if I hop in here, Jared? No, no problem. It's a, You guys are free to say whatever. Um, so, this demo, I think, captures the essence of um, why people love Naughty Dog's story so much, um, because they, there's such a large, obviously we know being human beings ourselves, that there is a large spectrum of emotions that we deal with all the time, and, um, I think that they hit on so many different, uh, very specific emotions that most video games could never even come close to touching. Um, in this, like, what, 12-minute demo, was it? It was 12 uh, to 15. It was somewhere know. in between, yeah. Yeah, right. So um, in the cutscenes and in the gameplay, they're touching on so many different things, and they're nailing it, too. They're not just, like, hitting it a little bit. Like, they're really nailing these emotions. Um, and I was very emotional watching this. Uh, a lot of people like to talk about um, the first Last of Us or even the first season of Telltale's Walking Dead is like, oh, this is the first time I ever cried playing a video game. And I've it's odd and really odd to me that I've never teared up during a video game, but I can say that um, I've now watched this demo twice and I tear up actually at the same time both times that I've watched it. Um, so for that reason, I'm very much in on Last of Us 2, not that I wasn't already. Um, but that just showed me that they're on even another level than they've ever been, uh, just hitting the different emotional, um, points in this demo. And that's, that really, I mean, it's in the gameplay, but that's, I'm not even talking about how the gameplay looked. Um, so... Yeah, yeah I, I, I agree, and I'll add on, like, when you compare it to Uncharted, um, which yeah. they actually make, um, you know, they make that series, the last two games especially, more more personal and emotional than, like, they have any right to be, given it's right. the, the nature of that, you know, the world. It's by, kind of more of a lighthearted thing. By the last two games, do you mean Lost Legacy and 4? Uh, I was going to say 3 and 4. I never played Lost Legacy, actually, so. Um, oh, oh, dumb. Yeah, I know. You have I was to thinking about it the game. other day. Yeah, that's um, my favorite Uncharted game by far. But yeah, the, so The Last of Us I think suits them uh, much better. It really like yeah allows them to tell the kind of story with the kind of uh, to bring people the emotions that you're talking about. But in addition to that, this trailer also I thought uh, showpieced, showcased, showcased something, whatever, showed oh, off yeah. um, how good they are, at, like uh, motion capture and animation and everything. Like that was the best kiss I've oh, seen in a video game. Like the lip animation and everything. Away. Yeah. Okay, yeah. actually, that's a really funny point that you bring up, and you guys are going to laugh when I bring this up, but 
Uh, I actually watched a behind-the-scenes video for Jack X Combat Racing, and there's a kiss in the. Va- of course, you did. Right <laughs> I'm not joking right now. This is some serious shit. Okay. Uh, in the last cutscene of that game, there's a kiss, and I remember them talking about, um, you know, video game and animated characters never look good when they kiss, and so we had to basically like use one of the characters' heads to cover up the lips so that uh you're not seeing the like awkward uncanny right. lip mashing clipping the yeah, from thing. them from them coming from hiding it you know 10 or so years ago to flaunting to it this yeah flaunting it and that's what it was and i agree it's the best <laughs> that i've ever seen in a game or any animation yeah it's and the cool thing with last of us for me personally is um uncharted has never interested in me because I've never been into like Indiana Jonesy type stuff. It's just not it doesn't click for me personally. I understand the appeal, yeah. but it just doesn't do anything for me. Um, so yeah. I'm glad that I have a series from Naughty Dog that I can get into and enjoy. Um, it was man, it was I just love the 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 way they set it up from a presentation standpoint of luring you in with the very human human type emotions, the human connections, showcasing that like Ali's still trying to be a normal person in this world. And then hard cutting to the brutality of the world and the realistic nature of what you have to deal with on a day to day basis, and then hard right. cutting back to like it, it's 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 very interesting. I love the way they played it out, and I love I just love the way very they well presented done. it. Yeah, um, very well done. I, we don't I have would to spend... like to say real quick. I do think that the gameplay is uh, something that is going to be much improved and something that is truly going to satisfy me. Yeah. I really, I really hope for me personally that you can. My 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 biggest complaint with the Naughty Dog games is I never think the shooting feels very good, but uh, for yeah. me in this demo especially it seemed like it, they're they're leaning more towards getting better at that, and it seems like there's going to be many options to where you don't necessarily need to shoot all the time either. Um, you can kind of go about mm-hmm. it your own way. So very excited. Good um, point. We, Yep. We don't need to spend that much time on, on everything necessarily. Obviously, Last of Us is a very particular case. So very for my special. next one, yeah, for my next one, we don't have to go super long on. But for me, Spider-Man wasn't something I needed to see. I'm already sold on that game 100%. It's the whole reason I'm buying a PS4. But I do think that it was really cool to get a look at this universe's Sinister Six minus the leader. Um, I really think the way they showcased it was really cool of like, okay, we're at the raft. They're breaking out all of the prisoners. Why are they doing that? Um, then we see Rhino, obviously. Well, we see Shocker first, then we see Rhino, then we see Scorpion, and I love the way they reveal all of them, right? It's like Spider-Man opens up the door, Rhino throws a giant column at him, he jumps up on this ledge, Scorpion kind of grabs him, there's a quippy little back and forth there. Um, then they go outside, you start seeing the movement and momentum of the game, which is incredible. The biggest takeaway for me at E3 is people who are playing the game talk about Spider-Man having a weight to him. Which is really interesting, and that's what makes the swinging Aww. like really good in the game, is that when you swing with him, it feels like a pendulum. Like you feel as if there's weight to the character, um, and the faster you fall, the faster you will move forward. Uh, like a, there's a lot of physics-based systems in the game for that. Um, we obviously see Vulture, and at the end of it, we get a we get a tease as to who the leader of the Sinister Six is. Mister Negative comes out this helicopter. We assume it's him. People are like, ah, it's Mister uh, Mister Negative is is the leader of the Sinister Six, and he's like, make sure we. He said to yeah. leave him alive. So you're like, oh, he's not the leader. And then obviously Peter looks up after getting brutally assaulted, uh, looks up and Jesus. he's like, oh, it's you. Um, obviously the easy guess is like Goblin or Doc Ock. 
for me, it seemed like there was a lot of surprise in his face. And my dream scenario is that it's actually Wraith. So Yuri Wat- uh, Watanabe, who's his, like, the person he saves at the beginning of the demo, the Asian lady. Um, in the comics, she's mm. she's uh, Wraith or Wrath or however you want to pronounce it. And she uh, she's a very interesting character. She's kind of like a, an anti-hero. She's been a villain. She's been a hero. She kind of toes the line in between. And I would be very interested to see her double cross. She has a background in tech and stuff. So the big thing that they emphasized in this trailer was their suits. And each of them have, like, these powered-up suits for them. Um, and I wonder if that's the whole point that they made when they said that Spider-Man starts with one type of suit and then he gets a new suit very early in the game to combat this stuff. And I wonder for the the presentation of this demo, we saw him in his normal uh, his uh, his souped up white logo suit. And I wonder if in the game we start with his normal Spider-Man suit. He gets the crap beat out of him, seeing that his main villains have all of these upgrades, and therefore he gets the more powerful suit. You know, kind of matching fire with fire. Mm. Um, I think that it's Doctor Octopus because I now that I've seen it several times, I really think I hear some like mechanical footsteps yeah. coming up. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, just like that. <laughs> uh, really cool though. Not much else to say. I was already sold in this game. Um, I think they just wanted to be like, mm-hmm. yes, guys, we have the Sinister Six. Don't worry about it. Just calm down. Um, but yeah. yeah, nothing else to say. I'm sold on the game. Uh, anything else for you guys from Spider Man? No, I mean you said it. I'm. I didn't really need to see that all, but it was really cool. I can't wait to play it. Yeah, yeah I. I'm I, kind I just, of in general. I think it was an incredible demo. My only a seemingly incredible game. My only complaint is I don't think it should have ended uh, Sony's show, personally. And I'm excited for for Spider-Man, but it was a known quantity, and it just didn't have that. That's my biggest gripe, and we'll get into that later in the podcast. But like Sony didn't have a lot of surprises. It, there wasn't a lot of pop. Um, and Spider-Man yeah. felt like a weird ending to me. Like the Death Stranding thing could have possibly been a better ending. Obviously, Last of Us could have fit in anywhere, and it's still done tremendously. Uh, so yeah, very I weird to me. Without the the gimmicks, you could have switched. Spider-Man and Last of Us, I think that would have done well, but that's also a rough note to end on. So yeah, but I I think they yeah I, I still would have liked it though. Um, yeah, I had yeah. I had Ghost of Tsushima as my third. Um, it's not that I'm not excited for this game or like super stoked about it. I'm just not sure where this fits into when it's coming out because Ghost of Tsushima is definitely a game I could see coming out fall of next year or 2020 or 2021. Like it doesn't. I'm not sure when that game's coming out. So for me, it's hard to get excited about a game that's possibly... I think possibly... it's pretty far along. Yeah, but I, I'm I'm just not sold that it's as soon as we think it is. Like, it could be. I'm not just saying it isn't, but... Looking at Sucker Punch's timeline, uh, with them having released uh, their last full game being a launch title for the PS4 in the launch window, and then First Light was uh, basically just a shorter version of that game uh, about a year later. Um, I think that you're looking at fall 2019, maybe slips into spring 2020, but I do think they're pretty far along, and they just kept it uh, quiet for a really long time. Yeah, I'm just, from my perspective, I even in the demo we saw, I could easily see that being a vertical slice, right? That isn't The demo that sure. they showcase doesn't scream as, this game's soon to coming out. Um, that's just my one gripe with it. I'm not sure how far along it is. Yes, we assume that it is because of all of that information, right, and evidence, but to me, yeah. there wasn't anything pointing me towards, yo, Jared, this game's soon, dude. You know, So that's why yeah. I'm kind of like, I don't know. Um, so I wasn't actually going to talk about this game on my list, so I'll jump in here. 
Um, obviously, this is one of, if not my most anticipated games, because of uh, Sucker Punch being one of, if not my favorite studios, and uh, you know, it's a fucking samurai game set in uh, old school Japan, which is obviously another huge uh, favorite of mine. So, um, very, very excited. However, uh, I was. I was pretty upset by the uh, camera's point of view because uh, something that I've been struggling with in uh, God of War 2018 uh, recently is I think the camera is way too close even though you have a ring around your waist and people yelling out to you um, I really do not enjoy that part of it and this seems to be literally identical to God of War PS4 so um I was very unhappy with that just because I think especially like playing through the infamous games and even back to sly games like you have a wide field of view you can really tell what's going on all around you and especially if you're gonna have a third-person game in I just feel like why are we putting the camera so close to the player character because it's just it just makes things more difficult now I totally understand why it's because it looks more cinematic but I don't think that video games should be doing things within the gameplay that are leaning on the side of, uh, you know, cinematic visual style as opposed to leaning towards the side of, um, you know, benefiting the gameplay. If you want to do that stuff in the cutscenes or in the story, um, that's totally different. Or in the, the UI and the menu, that's totally different. But to change my gameplay just so that. Um, it looks better for your stockholders or the people reviewing the game, the buzz around the game. I really don't appreciate that, and that's why I'm worried. Well, I think it makes more sense in God of War than it does Ghost of Tsushima because though God of War has some open areas, it's like a pretty narrative, linear game, right? With Ghost of Tsushima, it's an open world game, like entirely open world. Right. So that's weird. I will to me. say, when you're on your horse, it did it pulled up a little bit. So well, hopefully, it, you'll be able to do that in combat, but it doesn't seem like it. Yeah, I love that during the Samurai Showdown that it had, like, a side-view-like fighting game look to it. I personally enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, I mean, you enjoy it watching it at a press conference. I can totally feel that. But I think once you have controller in hand, it's not going to be as appealing as just, you know... When you're getting killed because of it, that's when I think it it's going to be very frustrating, at least for me, where I already know that fact from playing God of War, where I'm... I'm frustrated, even though I kn I can see it on my my little waistband thing, or I can hear you know somebody calling out to me. Um, there's just I mean I don't want to go too into the intricate details of that situation, but it's just I already know that I don't like it, and so to see them doing and I also just think that you know we've talked a lot of people have talked about this. A lot of Sony games are looking too similar, and I realize that this is set in. Um, classic Japan so this is going to be a little bit different visually it still doesn't help when all of the camera styles like the camera is always positioned the same way in Sony first party games and that's I don't think that's a good thing just yeah. for them from a business standpoint that's it for my list Jordan do you have anything else for PlayStation on your list you want to talk about that you enjoyed um, so I got to give a huge shout out to Control man I am so jazzed on Control Yeah. obviously uh, Quantum Break was my game of the year that year, uh, 2016, and um, I love Quantum Break. I need to go back and play some more Remedy stuff, specifically Alan Wake. Um, 
which I just picked up an Xbox One S today, so that will be possible. Um, you already have this, it, right? Man. Yeah, th- when you okay. buy Chron- Quantum Break, they give you the code for Alan Wake. Alan so. Wake, yeah. Okay. Um, just because they um, pulled it from the store, right? Like, it's you can't buy it anymore. Oh, shit. You can't buy it, but you can still download it from your library. Yeah, you can't yeah, buy uh, it yeah. because of the Whereas, like, issues. PT, you couldn't even download it from your library. Yeah. If, right. if you so own it, if you own it, you can download it. You just can't make a new purchase. Yeah, I'm yeah. good. You could always get a physical yeah. copy, too, I think. <laughs> yeah. But. True. Yeah, but this is the, you know, playing it on the Xbox One S, I guess it'll have a little bit better frame rate and all that. But anyways, um, Control looks like a souped-up Quantum Break, which I already fucking loved Quantum Break. And then second of all, it also looks like uh, Weirder Quantum Break, which I love weird shit. I love that um, I was just thinking about this watching um, uh, Hereditary the other night. That I just love how weird shit is getting, especially in media and entertainment. And um, I'm all about weird <laughs> shit, so. Yeah. Yeah, Legion is weird as fuck, and I love that shit. So um, I'm really excited to see where they go. And it also gave me uh, Ian Hink on Easy Allies was talking about how it was giving him Southern Reach vibes, which uh, the movie Annihilation that we had talked about earlier on the podcast um, is an adaptation of the first book in that trilogy, and that's exactly what I thought of when I saw this game trailer. So, um, got a lot of good feelings about uh, Control, and very excited for that. And love that it's multi-platform. That it debuted, yeah. De- very interesting that it debuted on PlayStation stage. Yeah, the game. The thing is, is like, I think Quantum Break was criminally under underplayed i think it's a, a really oh, yeah. good game i don't think it got the shake it deserved i mean a lot of people say that right um i think right. control showing off this way gets a lot more people interested in it i think remedy is yeah. a really underappreciated studio i th- that's mm-hmm. the thing is like i love seeing uh metro exodus on xbox's stage and i love seeing control now because remedy and 4a yeah. games are two studios that like i think they put out quality work it just it never really grabs people the same way it does uh the core fan base so I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. Anything else? Um, so then I'll just back up kind of what you said. Forza, or not Forza, Spider-Man um, looked so good. One of the best, I think, gameplay demos that we've seen. I don't know how much it was being played, uh, but just the pacing of it and how it covered so much and how great it looked visually. Uh, I think they absolutely killed it with that shit. And then pretty much the same on The Last of Us. I did already jump in when you were talking about The Last of Us. Um, but yeah, obviously it affected me greatly emotionally. And obviously um, it looks great. Uh, but I just think that this looks like the game where they're changing up the gameplay enough. Um, because the animation is a lot better. And... Um, it just seems like they're starting to get it together a little bit better. Uh, over there at Naughty Dog with their gameplay so I'm very pleased with what I saw in The Last of Us and very excited and honestly I'm even thinking about uh, rolling through the first one again before this game comes out because even though I don't love playing that game um, it'll be interesting to see what the evolution of the gameplay is like from game to game uh, even though they weren't made one right after the other so very very, very positive about The Last of Us 2, which obviously I was always going to play it, but now I'm really feeling good about it. 
Uh, anything on your list, uh, Dom, that we haven't talked about yet for PlayStation? Yeah, I'll just add in, and it was at every single stage, it seemed like, but Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> there we uh, go. Thank you, Dom. Yeah, had a pretty cool trailer uh, on Sony's stage, and then uh, mm-hmm, that cool mm-hmm. custom console announced. Not like Spider-Man, yes. like I predicted, but we had a custom console announced nonetheless. Yes. Uh, nonetheless. Uh, but yeah, the trailer was really cool. I liked all the Kingdom Hearts trailers. I know like they're stylistically weird, uh, like Jared, you were talking about earlier the, with the... The, when the music kind of goes away, there was no sound effects. Little, yeah, it was all dialogue two, and music. Yeah, the or, yeah, first not two the music. Were but... really poorly produced. I felt whatever reason they had for the sound effects not being there, I thought were really poorly produced. Well, Plus, they were essentially the same trailer with just a couple different shots. Even right. the but even I the I third one had, had a whole a scene out. with the girl from Tangled not talking. Like there's a part where her yeah. shoot. Yeah, very weird. <laughs> yeah, I sorry, agree. Dom. That's actually why I didn't bring it up. Yeah, but. yeah, they were weird. They, they're, yeah, they're kind of technically janky but like i don't know some of the moments i was just like oh that was cool like i just felt a little emotional like when uh the, in the xbox one actually when like hercules was holding up the rocks or whatever i was like oh god like, I just, yeah i don't know Dude, <laughs> i was like worried also, about it. i just want to say like and it's looked this way since we first started seeing gameplay but there's if you look there's uh people that have done comparisons of like how kingdom hearts 3 itself has changed over the course of the development and they've done a lot of big upgrades, and I am very impressed. I'm not, I wasn't super impressed with the frame rate, especially some of the places it dropped didn't really make sense. But uh, I think that stuff is going to be ironed out by launch, and I am very pleased with how it's looking. It's it like they incredible. take so long, they take so long to develop it that after three years they realize, crap, the industry just advanced, and now <laughs> yeah, we got to upgrade. Now we got to redo it. I was actually telling Don before the show, Jordan, that that trailer was my my least interested out of the three that we saw yeah. because. I'm not a huge fan of Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, yeah. And they showed naval combat, which is, like, my least favorite part of Black Flag and Origins. Yeah. I just don't like naval yeah. combat. So I was like, not the best trailer for Jared. I know a lot of people are stoked, <laughs> but just not the best kingdom. I'm still buying that game. I'm all in. But I was just like, ugh. Like, here, Jared, here's a trailer not for you. I was like, oh, okay. Also, okay. <laughs> quick shout-out, uh, and it's unfortunate that this isn't on Xbox, but right now I think it's digital only. It would kind of make sense. But you can buy a $100 pack with Kingdom Hearts 3 pre-order plus 1.5, 2.5, and 2.8. For $100, that's a ridiculous deal, especially if you're trying to catch up with the series before you get to 3. Um, so I was very pleased uh, for you know those who haven't played it to hear that. The great thing with the Inside Xbox thing, the monthly show that they do, is that I could totally see them in a random month, being if it ever happens, being like, Hey, the remix is coming to Xbox, right? I think that'd be yeah. cool. Um, I guess we'll hop they, over. Apparently, Nomura said that it hadn't been. Uh, it's not a thing right now. So yeah, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately. we'll hop over to Nintendo. Um, a lot of my Nintendo. stuff. I think only one of them we're going to talk a lot about in terms of what I'm what what I'm I wrote down. So the first one was the Hollow Knight Shadow Drop. Finally, thank God. I, I bought it immediately. Well, not immediately because it wasn't available immediately, but like the 30 minutes later when it was available, bought it, yeah, been playing way. it. It's exactly what I wanted. I'm finally able to jump into Hollow Knight full full throttle. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, anything? If you guys don't have Hollow Knight on your list, anything else you want to mention about it before I move on? So it's not... No. Well, it is actually on my list uh, because I think that Shadow Drop was perfect. Um you know, we've been waiting for it and waiting for it, and Jared, you and I have even discussed on the show. I'm like, Jared, where the fuck is this on Switch? <laughs> yeah. Um, because I could play it on PC, but I just I want it on Switch. Yeah. And so, yeah, as soon as it was available, first of all, I freaked out in the conference because I was 
I've been so excited to play this game, and I think it was the perfect candidate for a shadow drop. Not too big, but definitely something that's highly anticipated and perfect timing for it. Yeah, there's nothing out right now that's, like, super huge. We have Mario right, Tennis Aces so. around the corner, but, like, a good oh, little God. nugget. I'm, every day I'm thinking about that game, man. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, Hollow Knight uh, was very excited for it, and, of course, downloaded it as soon as I was able to that day and uh so yeah since we're not talking about what we're playing this week i did want to jump in just a little bit and then have a back and forth with you on the gameplay um so far i am enjoying it very much it is i think you'd agree that it is kind of a 2d souls like um experience but i mean that in the best way possible i would actually say it leans more towards bloodborne because it is quick paced and Very quick, it also yeah. has uh, a lot of Lovecraftian vibes and like true Lovecraftian vibes, not just like gross out, weird ass, crazy shit. Um, it's very like haunting and like um, kind of a cosmic horror type vibe. So um, I like that aspect of it. It's very pretty and the music is really also kind of haunting and creepy um, and the world that you inhabit with these weird talking characters and all that. Um, but then the gameplay itself, uh, I really like the rhythm of the combat and the rhythm of the platforming. Um, and then it does, the biggest thing that uh, attaches it to like the Soulsborne feel is the fact that these uh, monsters that you're killing are dropping um, little pieces, but they're it's like a soul or... Uh, fuck, I don't even remember what you call it in Bloodborne, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, Echoes. Blood um, Echoes. Blood Echoes. Blood yeah. Echoes. Um, but anyways, uh, I really, and I mentioned this to you guys in our chat, one of the things I really enjoy is, uh, the fact that you're kind of like, um, almost like an archaeologist in the way that you're like building this map throughout these caverns that you're going down into, um, or at least so far where I'm at in the game. Um, and so you're like, Dom, you're buying upgrades in the game in order to better, uh, plot out your map. Um, so first one of the first things you buy is the ability to see where you're at on the map and then you also buy a quill really early on that allows you to uh, even do anything to the map Um, so in order to uh, put markers on the map you have to buy something separate and um, in order to be able to put those markers on the map you have to buy the quill so it's like you're you're upgrading through map building essentially right jared Mm. Yeah, um, I don't have a whole lot to say in terms of gameplay because I've already put in. I put in like four hours on PC when it first came out. Oh, okay. So I thought you beat I, it. Uh, no, I hadn't beat it on PC. I played about four or five hours, and then when they announced we're working on bringing it to Switch, I was I immediately stopped. I'm like, I don't want to play any more of this yeah, until good. it comes to Switch. Yeah. Um. So I'm just trying to get back to the point I was like in that. Yeah. Um. What I what I will say is I love how brutal the bosses get later in the game. From what I remember on PC, oh, I haven't okay. gotten there yet. Like. It's, it's so good. It's like Burton, Lovecraftian, Castlevania, Bugs Life. Yes, yes, yes. It's like... All of that. Yes. Yeah. You got... That's a... You fucking <laughs> nailed that shit. Yeah. Love it. Yes. Um, the bosses, real quick, I will just say that, like, yes, they're challenging, and the game is, is relatively challenging in its own right in general, but um, certainly not anything that feels insurmountable. So it's still fun and kind of brisk uh, while also giving you a uh, proper challenge. Yeah, for me Definitely it's recommend Dom. For me it's right there with uh Ori in the Blind Forest and Shovel Knight where these smaller studios made yeah. these platformers that I'm just excited to play it and then see what they make afterwards too. Um Oh yeah. You haven't purchased it yet, Dom? You haven't played it? 
No, I haven't got to it yet. I will. I'm absolutely it's, 100% plan on it. Yeah, it's a dumbass game. It's it's one of the games right. that crosses exactly. over for all of us. Um, yeah. We're going a little long, and I want to be able to get to all of them, so we'll just do two for each of us. So my second one, because I'm assuming one of you will have Smash, if not, whatever. Uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Not a lot to say. We saw gameplay. Looks interesting. Looks cool. It got delayed till spring 2019, um, which yeah. I'm not super mad about. I think with Smash coming out with a game that Dom's probably going to be talking about that was also announced at the Direct... I think they have enough this fall to be fine without it. Um, so I thought it was going to look better visually. I was honestly unimpressed with the visuals. Maybe they'll get better by then, but um, it's, it looks solid, but it just it kind of looks like a Wii U game to me. For me, I think a lot of the games we're going to be seeing, and we saw it with the, the first Pokemon game, uh, uh, Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, Let's go. I think we're at the point where a lot of these games coming over from the 3DS and the Wii U are going to be in that like cross-generational when like Destiny 2 came out on the Xbox 360 and Xbox One. Uh, you know, Destiny that kind one. of... Yeah, uh, sorry, Destiny 1. Yeah, Destiny 2. Um, like, I think we're in that kind of muddy area. So I think a lot of these sure. first, first versions are not going to be like, wow. That's why, obviously, people are excited for the Pokemon game next year. Um, I do agree with you. It wasn't visually astounding, but it showed enough for me to be super interested in getting into it. So we'll see. Sure, I'm definitely hyped. Uh, Jordan, do you what's on your Nintendo list? Your two things, if I didn't so mention. So the second one I'm going to mention <sighs> is actually Super Mario Party, yes, um, which yes, I did yes. not see. <laughs> I did not see a lot of hype from this game um, over the course of the show. But I will say, the reason that this game is very important to me is first of all because it's coming out soon, and it's also coming out <laughs> during a time where we could really use a solid Nintendo exclusive. Because yeah, we have. Uh, Aces coming up here at the end of June and uh, actually a week. Um, God, I'm so excited for that game. Uh, but we also have Mario Party now coming right before the fall, which thank God someone's releasing big games during the summer. Thank you, Nintendo. Um, but what this does to me is it just once again proves how great Nintendo has been doing throughout the Switch's life cycle of keeping things moving and not giving you any any uh like there's no large chunks of time where you're just like dry and obviously that was a big issue for them in the wii u life cycle but also this is just a problem in general for all three of the uh first parties um that they kind of struggle with sony's obviously been doing a lot better with it recently but it's something that they all struggle with and so nintendo is showing that like don't worry, we're always going to have something for you. And it may not be your favorite fucking game. It may not be, um, you know, I like Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 quite a bit, but I'm not, like, over the fucking moon for it. I'm just glad that it exists, and it came during a great time in December of last year. And it, like I said, it just keeps that flow going, keeps things moving. And at the end of the Switch's life cycle, it's going to add to the library in such a way that it really fills it out and it really shows the scope and breadth of the spectrum of games that they've been able to put out for uh, this console. So these are the types of things that really just are really great building blocks, really firm and sound building blocks for a great foundation that they're putting together. Dom, it was on your list too, right? I assume, <laughs> given that reaction. Yes, I'm... I'm sp- which oh, none so of my hyped, stuff man. is like actually how the game looks. It's just like about the the kind of like meta of it all. So yeah, I'm so hyped for this. I mean, Jordan, or yeah, you had a lot of good points, and I'm just tack on really quick. Couch co-op, where's it yeah. at, guys? Where's yeah, it at? Like the actual game itself it. looks cool. Yeah. Well, it it was in that that trailer. Right. No, I mean, 
No, he's talking about in general, like other other games and other studios. Like, where are you at? Where are you guys at? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like awesome Mario Party. Um, I loved when they put the two switches on the table and they got to like personalize how the thing played out. And they're like, oh, right here is the connecting point. Really interesting. Their switches to like bridge over from one to the other. Yeah, Uh, Dom. uh, Mario Party was one of yours. What was your other one? Did we already talk about it? No, the only other thing I had was uh, was Smash. I mean, you can't really miss it. Yeah. Um, interesting. I love that, like, they have all the characters ever in it. I think that was really cool for yeah, them to be, like, every cool. character ever. Uh, Ridley does nothing for me personally. I'm just not, like, cool for people who really wanted uh, it. It's but like, is that from? That uh, to have Metroid. 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 Oh. Yeah. It's been one of those that's been, you know, people have been dying for. And I'll just say real quick, you know, from a non- giant smash bros fans perspective i think that they did so well with this yes a lot of people are saying they spent too long on it but i think um they could have spent another 15 minutes and filled that direct out to an hour so i think they just did a good job of like honestly if you're not a big smash bros fan they kind of just told you to fuck off so you need to just chill like uh they were really talking to the hardcore fans that have been asking for Ridley and all these other little gameplay improvements. And I feel like they really nailed it there, which, you know, if it were a game that I'm really into, I would love to have a breakdown and a deep dive like that. So I really appreciated what they did where um, it was so clear to me that they're like, everything you motherfuckers have been breaking down our door over for these last 20 years, like we're doing it. And this is going to be quite literally the ultimate Smash Bros. game, and so here you fucking go, and I, I really dug that. I think they went from general to more specialized in terms of the announcement. Yeah. Uh, they went from yeah. every character's in the game. For a general Smash fan, cool, hard out. You can get hard out at that point. Like, all your favorite characters, and you can play whoever the hell you want. Then they're like, here are all these changes, all this stuff for all of you, the the Smash community, all that stuff, the GameCube controller, all of that stuff. I think yeah. it was really cool. I think they needed to go a deep dive on it because, like we saw, yeah. there wasn't a whole lot else. So, like, if they would have yeah. shortened that, it would have been, like, a 20-minute direct and people would have still complained. And to the fighting game community, Smash Brothers, Brothers is a simplistic game. But in all honesty, I think there's a lot of complexity to Smash Brothers. So even if you weren't a huge fan, this might have done you some good to kind of break the shit down for you. Yeah. Uh, anything else to say, Dom, before we move on? No, that was it. There wasn't too much there, quantity-wise. Yeah. Um, so, remember, we're only doing two for each of these. So, for my Xbox One, the first thing I want to talk about is the five studios they acquired. I thought this was huge. Um, Major Nelson did an interview with uh, kind of the guys from Kind of Funny, and Greg Miller asked about this. He's like, about the five studios that they acquired, why did you guys do this in the in the conference? Why didn't This could easily be a blog post. Like, why did you guys feel the need to do it? And Major Nelson said, Phil Spencer and the people at Xbox, we know that this is the most eyes we'll ever have on us during the year. He's like, so if we're going to announce something like this, we constantly hear people talk about how we don't have the games, we don't have the games. We wanted to announce it in the place where the most people will hear it, which is E3. Uh, and he said, that's why we felt the need to do it. Uh, they purchased uh, Compulsion, who's making We Happy Few that comes out on August 10th. That was probably the biggest nice. head scratcher. Not in terms of, I think they'll, they'll deliver a quality game and we happy few, but it isn't like the pizzazz name, right? People are like, oh my god. Um, they purchased Undead Labs, who made State of Decay and State of Decay 2. Really quick, really quick with Compulsion, they could be a buzz name here in two months, and so I think it's good to go ahead and get on that. Exactly. And I think they fit well with Xbox. 
Exactly, yeah. And th that reveal trailer of We Happy Few, doesn't matter how the game turns out, you guys remember that reveal trailer a year ago or it's two years cool. ago? People are like, whoa, or, what is this? Yeah. Um, they purchased Undead Labs, who made State of Decay and State of Decay 2. Uh, though State of Decay 2 had some still some rough issues and bugs, I've been playing the hell out of it. I know we're not talking about what we've been playing lately, but I've been playing a lot of State of Decay 2, and it's great. Knowing that they're going to have the resources and network infrastructure and all that stuff with Microsoft, I'm interested to see the budget that they get for their next entry because I really think they yeah. could blow it out, and I'm super excited about that. Because I think, I think 3 is just going to be like what State of Decay should have and everybody wanted it to be all this time, so I'm excited for that. Because a lot of the hangups that State of Decay 2 has are issues that a small studio has, like um, yeah. bug fixes, like complete polish, uh, animations... Uh, facial animations, like there are these things that like a smaller company can get by with releasing their game with, um, just because of uh, cost-effective solutions and stuff like that. I'm really excited to see what they have behind them. Uh, we got the announcement of Playground Games, which we've heard is working on the next Fable. Um, obviously, they work on the Horizon games. They got purchased. Really cool. Um, it, they're one of the studios that you're like, oh yeah, I thought Microsoft already owned them, so it's good to see them actually owned. Uh, Next we had, who am I missing? The Initiative, which is the studio that we heard about rumored, the Santa Monica studio. Santa Monica. That's being headed up by somebody that's from, uh, I believe, Naughty Dog and Activision. No, no, sorry. It's not Naughty Dog. You'll know why I got the mix-up. He worked with Crystal yeah. Dynamics on Tomb Raider, and he was also Wouldn't at Activision. would be crazy if some dude was just, like, left Naughty Dog, went across town, he's like, fuck you guys, I'm headed to Xbox. Yeah. yeah. I could see it. Um... So he's building a team there. They've stated they want to make quadruple-A games, so, like, super polished first-party games. Um, that's really cool. The Initiative, uh, really interesting name. I love the logo for it. Um, and the last yeah. one, which I think was the most surprising acquisition, Ninja Theory. This one came out of Fucking nowhere. A, dude. Especially with Hellblade being... Is it on <laughs> Xbox now? Yeah, it came is out Hellblade about a month and a half ago, yes. Right, so it was a launch exclusive on PS4 PC, as far as I know. And so for them to turn around and then now be fully into bed with Xbox is very interesting. But uh, you sent us that video, Jared. I was watching that last night, and I'm very pleased with what they had to say because I've talked about it before. Ninja Theory has, for a long time, been a very personal and well-connected studio with their fans, and they like to, to have a really open dialogue. And so I think that they're going to be able to continue to do that and it seems like they have the most creative freedom that you can possibly hope for in a situation like this and they kind of it also seemed like they were saying like we told microsoft we're not going to do this unless we have you know full creative freedom and microsoft essentially said yeah you got it man so i'm super okay with this and excited i wish that their games were going to be on you know playstation but that's something i can get over well, and the, I think the creative freedom part is huge for all of the studios they acquired because uh, people have pointed to in the past, Undead Labs, after the first Data Decay came out, people were like, uh, why, aren't, why haven't you guys been acquired? Like, you're talented. And they're like, we, we, yeah. we want our independence over literally anything else. And the head of that studio has said yeah, that for a long that. time, that they want their independence yeah. for creative control. And in the Ninja Theory video, you see that, like, oh, Xbox is like, we're not going to mess with anything. We just want your games to be yeah. exclusive for us, essentially. Here's a blank so, check. Do what you need to do. This is the exact opposite for me of a studio being acquired by EA. Like, when Respawn <laughs> was recently acquired by EA, I was making jokes like, fucking, bye-bye, boys. Sucks to be you. And you guys are like, you're fucking crazy. And I still think that, you know, 
a couple <laughs> years from now, if Star Wars doesn't work out so well, like Respawn could be dropping like a fly. So yeah, this is the exact opposite situation where I'm like, good for you guys. I'm so happy to hear that for all the people involved, even the new studio, the initiative. I think you know Microsoft in general seems to be a really solid place to work and uh, company to be attached to or associated with. So. Props to Phil, props to whoever else was involved in this because they basically fucking punched the people in the teeth that were like, you know, where's the exclusives? Why aren't you guys having any first party studios? Like, here you go, motherfuckers. Shut up and sit down because we're fucking doing this shit and our next console is going to come out with a fucking bang and you're not going to be able to talk shit about us anymore about how much better Sony does it, and I think they're really poisoning themselves for a lot of great potential. I'm very excited I, to see what they do with this. I love the variety of studios. Ninja Theory, award-winning, yes. great. Uh, Playground delivers high-quality AAA games almost almost every other... Well, yeah, every other year. Uh, the smaller yeah. ones like Undead Labs and Compulsion, I think they did a really good job of rounding it out. A new studio that we've never seen any game yes. from them. Um, yeah, I, I think a lot of people will sit on their high horse and say... Ninja Theory should have stayed independent, yada, yada, yada. You don't know the ins and outs. I think they noticed that they had the creative freedom on top of financial security, and that's huge. Being able to have the creative control of whatever you make on top of being able to know that for the next two years, three years, all of your employees will be able to take home a legitimate paycheck, that's huge. And I think that's that's awesome. And I think it's security a security is big for developers. Exact security and creative control. And I think Microsoft is helping them deliver both of those things. So I'm super stoked. Right. Um, my other announcement, uh, my other thing that I want to talk about is the Gears trio. Uh, people often talk about how Microsoft doesn't take chances with Halo or Gears. Um, and Gears showed off a mobile game, albeit a weird pop game, uh, yeah. but it is a mobile game. That was that was odd. Yeah. Yeah. But they also showcase a tactics game, which looks sick. A Gears PC yeah, tactics really game. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and they also showcase Gears 5, which seems to be taking the franchise in a very interesting direction. Uh, yeah. the, the, whole, the whole demonstration of Gears 5 really, I think, focused on Kate's mental health and her struggle with her mom. And um, it felt very isolating because it was her and one other yeah. character. It wasn't four people going out. Uh, you weren't some big brooding dude. For in gears for once, um, the the very like weird horror vibes when, at the end when she's in that like room with those other enemies and they kind of spoil yeah. her. Uh, I I really I think it. I th- I think they did a good a good uh, job at showcasing different directions they're taking gears. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much very interesting that it's the title is just Gears Five. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, oh, it's not Gears of War. No, it's Gears Five. Gears Five. <laughs> Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. yeah. Officially, yeah. they yeah. removed of war. Yeah. Huh. Yep. Um, which can go into a whole other metaphorical thing of, like, the right. Gears yeah. Corporation or the Gears in your mind. Or, like, I think they wanted to get it's, rid of the of war thing so they're not tied to that specific type of theme. Hmm. Yeah. So. It uh, reminds me of Fast and the Furious. Like, Fast and the Furious was the fourth movie, and then the fifth movie was Fast Five, as far, if I remember correctly. So. Yeah. Um, interesting. Uh, those are my two for Xbox. What are your guys's? All right. Well, you, can, you you both know we can't have this conversation without bringing up Sekiro. If that's even how you say it. Shadows Die Twice. Oh, my Sekiro. God. Uh, the FromSoft game published by Activision, which was an interesting surprise. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I, the trailer looked fantastic. It was like a, 
yes. you know that this kind of feudal Japanese setting, but still with some uh, some from software type monsters, some big ogre like dudes. Um, there was this weird grappling hook thing going on, um, which is pretty cool, and the combat looks cool. What we've been reading since, um, ha, you know, has given me mixed feelings that this isn't just you know a Souls game in you know a different setting. They're actually making some big changes, and it's going to be more of an adventure game and less of an RPG, mm. which is, mm. I mean, the more I thought about it, it kind of it makes sense because that was the direction they went in with Bloodborne to a lesser extent, you know. Uh, more action, less RPG, and now there looks like Bloodborne is still very much an RPG, though. Well, less so than Dark Souls was. It was just yeah, this is a, appears to be a bigger step that way. Souls but is I'm an pumped. RPG series. Bloodborne is an action RPG series, and now we have an action adventure series or right, uh, yeah, game. So, what I'm really worried about is I think they're not going to change the difficulty of the game. I think it's still going to be just as difficult, like you know, kick you in the teeth type of shit. And for that to be the case, that's what worries me most about the lack of customization and upgrading stuff because You can you that, can upgrade your arm. The, yeah, the Yes you can upgrade your arm, but you can't upgrade your equipment or your weapons. You can't uh mess with your skills or your stats at all. Um yeah. and I think that's what worries me most is because if I'm going to be facing very difficult tasks and bosses and enemies, um, I really want to be able to maneuver my way into that situation as best I can and to navigate those treacherous waters as best as I can because, um, you know, this is even more difficult than games like uh, seemingly Ninja Gaiden or Devil May Cry where... You do have, well, you probably, it sounds like you might even have more customization in those games. Um, but most action-adventure games aren't as difficult because of the fact that it is more of just a bloody romp that you're running through. And they realize that uh, without you having all the customization options, it would be difficult, um, or frustrating, I should say, to move through this experience without having a little more um, say over how your character interacts with this uh, treacherous world. So well, I think that's where the most is is the difficulty. I think that's where the the die twice mechanic comes in because it looks like you're going to be gathering something to be able to die and then be re- resurrected on the spot. Um, yeah. Just my, like the other Soulsborne games. Uh, well, not really. Oh, you mean like you mean like you don't die and then try to get back to like where your soul sits. You mean you die and then stand right back up. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they've said from behind closed doors demos. That That's what it seems like. You'll be able to like the mechanic in it is you dying and being resurrected on the spot. Um, and they showed that in the trailer. Yeah. When he, when he's fighting yeah, big boy, kind of the sumo guy. Yeah. Um, boy. the thing is, is that I understand your concerns. My first thing is like Miyazaki is directing this game. The only quote-unquote like bad or not favored Souls game is the only one that wasn't directed by Miyazaki. That was Dark Souls Two. Um, right. Not not having upgrades or customizability, I think, lets them focus on combat more. And like Dom, you obviously shared that piece where Miyazaki and the team want to focus on uh, what was it, the feel of steel, or like this? What was the phrase that they used? Uh, basically, sword combat. Um, the blades. Yeah, where there uh, there's not so much of a, of a health bar necessarily. Um, it's more like a uh, a fatigue kind of system where you yeah, know you're you're you to block so many guy. hits. Yeah. Right. Yeah. After you block so many hits, eventually you just are tired, and then the actual like you know sword through your chest actually is what kills you. So it's you know pretty cool system from the sound of it. Um, certainly more realistic than like 
you know, can't take 10 sword swings to the chest and like, oh, well, I still have my health bar, so I'm good, right? It, like one of those would kill you. And I don't think that the traditional from games disappear. I think this is just them honestly taking a break, like getting a refresher, yeah. like well, stepping away and being like they – just wanted to take a break from making those same games, you know? And I think that I get they wanted... That. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I was, I was just going to say, I get that, but you take this announcement and the details we've gotten afterwards, and then you add it into the bullshit sit thing that Sony uh, pulled, where they end their show, and then they go back to the, uh, the desk where oh, the, VR, the PlayStation yeah. bloggers are at. And then they start announcing this new game, and it starts off with the uh, Studio Japan and From Software logos, who are the developers, the co-developers of Bloodborne. And you get this voiceover that sounds very familiar, like it could totally be from Bloodborne, um, possibly even the doll. And then you get, get this aesthetic that is also Victorian, and it's some random fucking VR game. So it does seem like, to me at least, that From is moving in my opinion too far away from what makes them great and you know maybe it'll be the the revolution that uh you know revitalizes the studio but to me it's very worrying because now they have two out of their three games that they were working on announced and neither of them have that familiarity now i think what this uh for me personally is most tied to is the fact that i just want bloodborne 2 um, and, you know, if anything, I truly believe that that Studio Japan developing, developing that on their own, which could still be the case, you know, they have usually several things going at once, and they have multiple teams there, so they could be doing this VR thing with From, and still uh, working on Bloodborne, which I actually think that From would, like, pop up as a logo, because they would probably be consulting with them, you know, since they're the, kind of the masterminds behind it, kind of like id and... Avalanche are doing with Rage Two, so I just I'm 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 worried about From. I think I'm still probably going to be able to play Bloodborne Two at some point, but um, I think I do think you know maybe it could be great, maybe it could be bad, but I do think it's a make or break point for From. Well, I don't think it's a make or break point. That studio has all the yeah. all the room to do whatever they want. I don't think I don't think From makes Bloodborne Two. I think it's going to be Japan Studio or somebody else. I don't think that there's a chance fine. in how they'll just help a little bit, like like they'll help with like pre-production and like hey, make sure this character doesn't do, you know, like like lore stuff. I guess. I, I, well, it's not even their their position to take. Jordan, PlayStation owns Bloodborne. Sure, I, I I just could totally see Sony saying, hey, would you kind of yeah. help consult with this? Because um, we respect your uh, knowledge of the series. I just the fact that this is being published by Activision too is I think this was just from being like we want to create this game where you don't focus on we make the character you're gonna play and we can focus more on combat. We can fo- focus more on interesting fights. I I'm not worried in the slightest. I'm excited for this game. Um, I'm not even sure that they're the they're they're the the showrunner on that VR game. I don't I don't know if they're I don't I haven't read anywhere what they're it, not. It was. It was Japan Studios' name that popped first, so that's yeah. a good point. Who knows? Uh, we're running out of time because Dom has a short out, or hard out, a short out. Um, so I want to get through everything we can get through. So, Dom, what was your second thing you had? Uh, for Xbox, um, it was the, the Dying Light demo. Was, okay. uh was really cool. Uh, some of the, the new system they have where 
your decisions impact you know the, the environment around you and you know how things play out I, I thought that was pretty cool um i would have been fine with just like dying light 2 more the fucking same that would have yeah. been like i would have been happy as a as a bug it's a phrase i just created um <laughs> happy as a bug but yeah oh, bug in a rug. so the fact that yeah the fact that they showed off this new system uh it, and it sounds pretty cool it sounds legitimate it didn't sound like a bunch of buzzwords and devs it can come off like really hammy and i don't think it did they actually showcase like right. here's the decision that's how that plays out here's the decision that's how that plays out yeah. instead of just yep. our game has so many decisions yeah I'm, I'm with you there uh jordan what are your two xbox uh things that you enjoyed yeah since we're low on time and i tend to be verbose i'll wrap them into one it is uh metro and forza horizon i think that both of these games showed me stuff that um really got me interested uh, with Forza, I think, um, especially now that Need for Speed Payback was such a disappointment, um, I feel like Horizon 4 is definitely going to be something that I'm looking into playing, uh, whereas 2 and 3 have almost caught me, but I really think that this is going to be the one. Um, and then with Metro, I just feel like that trailer showed so much crazy-ass cool shit, all the different... Um, crazy mutations that you're going to be dealing with in that game. I think that uh, it's it looks very interesting and it's uh, differentiating itself, showing itself you'll, to be unique. You'll love the lore of, of Metro, Jordan. Knowing your tastes and preferences, word up. You're gonna word love. Up. You're gonna love the the lore of Metro. Um, so we're gonna go to third party. We'll just do one for third party. You can wrap up a couple if you're gonna be brief, but um, if you're gonna sure. want to talk a little bit, let's just do one. So for me, uh, third party, Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six. Now, a lot of people are going to talk shit saying, oh, they announced two logos, ha, 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 um, which is it's a fine criticism, whatever. Um, I didn't see that much last year when Metroid Prime 4 was announced, but that is what it is. Uh, for me, this is my Metroid Prime 4 of the two logos. Um, I'm really excited. Nice. Uh, obviously, we had the trademark for Starfield, so we knew it was coming at some point. We didn't know it was going to be called Starfield, essentially, but we knew Bethesda Game Studios was working on a sci-fi uh, open-world RPG of some sort. We got the announcement of Starfield. We got the announcement of Elder Scrolls Six. Um, to your point, Jordan, I didn't even think about this until we started talking about Sekiro. People are like, oh, yeah, of course Elder Scrolls Six was going to happen. I mean, not necessarily. People assume that Bloodborne 2 was going to happen. People assume maybe Dark Souls 4 was going to happen. And possibly From is never going back to those, right? So the fact that they even showed Elder Scrolls Six, it's like it's being worked on. I think far too many times people make assumptions. Yeah. So, obviously, we knew they were probably going to make another Elder Scrolls game. They could have possibly done something else in Skyrim because it sold so well. They could have done something weird. But the fact that they showed the logo, I know they're just logos, but at least they actually had a video that they worked on. It wasn't just a logo on a black screen. Like, the Starfield announcement was, like, the planet Horizon and the ship getting warped. And then the Elder Scrolls Six one was panning over which... An area that's going to be the map in, in Elder Scrolls Six. People are already trying to figure out what area that is. And Todd Howard alluded right. to it in the no-clip uh, documentary that they put in some teases in there to see what they're going to be working on. They mentioned next-gen, uh, which I don't necessarily think means the next generation of consoles. I think it means the next evolution of what we expect from Bethesda Game Studios, ah. in my opinion. So, Jared, also, I'll stop you there I, because I... I just today watched uh, an interview the the GameSpot did with Todd Howard. Yeah. And they asked him that. Uh, they said, "Can you be more explicit on what you mean by that?" And he didn't actually say it, but he pretty much said that, "Yeah, this is on next gen consoles." Okay. But it sounds like it will also be on the current ones because he said that's so, yeah. being worked on, but I don't have a final answer. X and Pro, basically. Yeah. yeah. 
So, so yeah. I'm thinking that uh, Elder Scrolls will be straight up next gen. Yeah, hundred percent. Like Starfield will probably be on this gen as well. Yeah, I, I'm hundred percent there with you, Jordan. Uh, that was my one also, third party. I'll just say, I will just say with those two teases, even though some people are upset that they seem far out and they were super tiny teases, I think. It was a great idea from a business perspective and just a developer having to deal with PR perspective because um, these games are heavily rumored. And I think I would actually kind of disagree with you about Elder Scrolls, Jared, because even Todd Howard has talked about it saying, like, the next Elder Scrolls is very far out, which means, like, it's obviously being worked on. We're just, like, far away from it releasing. And, uh, you know, the games that you mentioned, they're not coming off of Skyrim, which was a monumental game yeah. and sold monumentally well. So um, I do think that you could definitely say, like, pretty much without a doubt that both of these games were being developed. But now they're not going to have people asking, hey, what's yeah. the deal? Is, are you, is Starfield a real thing? Is Elder Scrolls Six going to come soon? Now, with the fact that they tease them, um, you know that they're a real thing. And then with the size of the tease, you know that um, you shouldn't be expecting anything anytime soon. So that, on two different fronts, for me, really holds people back and makes them chill out and tells them to just stop asking because you should realize from these two teases what the deal is. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, what was your one-third party? I want to be able to get to everything. So... I'll just say Babylon Babylon's Fall looks interesting, Ooh, cool. and I like the the lore that they're building. Who knows what the game is? But really, I want to say Sea of Solitude. I really appreciated that presentation. It was one of, if not the only, redeeming parts of EA's uh, deplorable conference. And I think that uh, the woman who spoke about it, I was very uh, entranced by what she had to say, and then the game itself really impressed me. So very excited to play that, and also. Um, you know, we've talked about a lot of... I was kind of uh, annoyed with how much people talked about um, uh, Hellblade dealing with, like, mental illness and stuff. I thought that game had a lot of other stuff to offer. Um, but it seems like this is poised to do similar things, so I'm very interested to see what Sea of Solitude turns out to be. Right there with you. Looked amazing. Uh, Dom, what was your third, one third party? <clears throat> well, Jared... Country road, oh God. take oh, me home, oh, please, West please, Virginia. Please. Yeah. No, I, I, well, I am still hesitant on a few things. Um, I'm super psyched for Fallout 76, man. Um, I'm not a big online guy, and uh, this has a potential to be very bad for me if, uh, if it is a scenario where you know I, I don't, I can't put in the hours as some other people, and if I'm just getting ran over all the time, then this could just absolutely suck. But um, I think Pete Hines and Todd, How- Todd Howard have done a good job of explaining, you know, we're aware of that and we're going to be working on, you know, systems that keep that from happening. They simultaneously put out that Noclip documentary, um, or at least right after their Fantastic. presentation. Fantastic. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, which was really cool. It was really cool how uh, that they worked uh, that they worked with Danny on that. Um, I think the fact that he's pretty small, I mean, like, he's just one guy, maybe he has some help or something, but probably makes it easier. Yeah. Right. Like less potential for leaks, and he's just working with one guy to make that documentary would be easier than like a whole production crew to come in. Yeah. But anyway, that was cool. So they're very to me like they're very aware that that's a concern people have, and they're yeah. going to make sure. And if I predict, like I said to you guys, um, at launch, I'm anticipating this thing to be buggy, borderline broken, maybe sure. even, um, and that there probably is going to be balance issues. Like 
maybe a lot of people griefing and, and I, I totally anticipate that happening but it, I also anticipate them to support this really well and uh, and to round it out and I think it, it is going to be great I'm just I'm super pumped it's well, Fallout I'm ready yeah I, I do have concerns with it too but I do think that they're self aware of those concerns that people have exactly and I do think that also led into them announcing Starfield and Elder Scrolls 6 of like this might not go well. Let's at least let them know that, like, Starfield is a single-player game that they're used to. We're also going to be working on the Elder Scrolls. So, worst-case mm-hmm. scenario, everyone hates this game. They know we're working on stuff still, right? So, yeah, yeah. I, I think they're very self-aware that this game might not hit for everybody, um, which it probably won't. Um, and honorable mention really quick, Rage 2. Surprised by how good that looked. Yeah. Sure. I mean, it's it's id shooting mechanics, dude. Like, I knew it was going to shoot yeah, well. It's just everything else around that. Very interesting. And fucking real quick, Gearbox should be quaking in their goddamn shoes because you've obviously taken, I've mentioned this before, but way too long to put out Borderlands 3 and this shit is about to eat your lunch, motherfuckers. <laughs> um, so Hot now take. we're actually going to, we're going to mix these two since we're running short on time. You can either, get, either give me your biggest surprise or your hot take for me, 3 I'm going to start. My hot take is that people need to shut up about Rocksteady. And let me be, let me be specific. Not that you want to see their game. That's perfectly fine. They've been gone for a while. I understand you want to see their game. The problem I have is that people will sit there and complain when you see a game too early and it doesn't show up for two to three years, four years. I understand that. The thing with Rocksteady is that if they didn't show their game, that means they're not ready to show their game. That means it's not close. I would much rather not see Rocksteady's game as much as that sucks, not see it this year if it's not close to coming out. The last thing I wanted to see was a tease of Superman or their next Batman game, and the game isn't even coming out in 2019. For as long as we've already waited, I think the easier shot to take, in my opinion, is to not show your game till it's, it's ready and close to release, than to be like, oh, we're Rocksteady, we're back, here's our game. Everyone's like, oh, is it coming out soon? It's like, oh, it's actually kind of far, farther than you think it is away. So that's my also, hot take. people forget that Rocksteady for a triple-A studio that puts out games that look and play as good as they do is relatively small. So yeah. that has something to do with it. Also, I mean, it's easier to make it's easier to make a Batman game that's built on a Batman game you already made. You can upgrade those assets yeah. and change them then if they're going Superman or Justice League or something entirely different. Like, I understand you guys want Rocksteady's game. You can't sit there and complain that you want games to be announced as soon as release and then complain that a game didn't show because the developers have obviously stated they're not ready yet. That's my hot take. Sure. So, Jordan, what's your big surprise or hot take? Hot take slash surprise is all in one. Cyberpunk in first person. Um, so, holy it's shit. It's his hot take, uh, Microsoft, <laughs> Microsoft had easily the best conference, I think the best conference I've ever seen for E3, and ended it with a fantastic trailer from CD Projekt Red uh, of Cyberpunk 27. I love the hack, like and, how it came in. It was so cool. Oh, man. Yeah. So cool how they did this. Loved it. And the hack itself had Witcher codes in it for people to download the game for free, which is classic CD, and I think that's very cool of them. I but, didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, I think that trailer looked fucking fantastic and gave me everything I wanted, and I watched it you know, probably 10 to 15 times in the hours afterwards. And then I found out that the game was fully in first-person mode. Um, and it's essentially a first-person shooter RPG. Um, and I can totally understand where they're coming from. It's got to be a lot harder to render a cyberpunk city in third-person. But I, yeah, it's just very disappointing to me. I think that, first of all, 
This game was announced before Witcher 3 came out, and this game has been development in development for many years, and I think for them to have that gigantic like re-reveal of a trailer after that first trailer several years ago, and then in just some random presser part, they announced the first-person thing, I think was dumb. I just think it was a poor decision. I think they could have mentioned this in a blog post in the middle of last year, and I think it would have gone over way better, and then this trailer would be... Uh, a lot more people would be happy with the trailer than they are right now, because I'm not the only person that's upset about this. Yeah. Um, I do think that it's going to be... Uh, less enjoyable just for me personally because uh, we've talked about how much more I like third person games um, but specifically I think that uh, you know talking about the cool mechanic and how your jacket and the way you're dressed affects stats and stuff like I never can understand first person games where it's all about excuse me character visual customization like Destiny is all about that shit and you rarely if ever see your fucking character now I get that in the cutscenes you're going to be seeing a lot of your player character, but I still think it would be so much. Just I would really appreciate if they could even put in a third person mode uh, and be able to switch like um, you can in the some of the Bethesda games, Fallout and Skyrim specifically. And uh, the thing is, is you're already creating the full 3D character model for you to use it in the cutscenes, so that's one step already down. Um, and to be quite honest, guys, I am about 95% sure that this is going to be the case by release. I think that they will hear that so many of their fans, specifically not just whiny bitches on the internet in general, but so many of their fans specifically are really pushing and dying for this to be the case, that they're going to say, you know what, it was really tough and we honestly didn't necessarily want to do it, but we're all about our fans and the people who support us, and we're going to make a third-person view available, even if it may not, you know, hey guys, it's going to run, it's going to be a little bit framier or whatever, I think by the time this game releases, and maybe it's post-release, um, but I am starting to become more and more sure that they're going to make this happen. So. Man, Jordan, I will actually bet you an order it's, of Omaha steaks that, that that will not happen. It's absolutely okay. not. It, it's, it's Digital a- handshake, Dom. <laughs> digital handshake within six months of release so and here's they're all about post-release i want quick reasoning i want to get out on time reasoning on that and we're running out of time yeah we you have a hard out we need to get out of here we want to cover some stuff it's hot take we got to just hear his opinion we can talk about another time dom what's your hot hot take take? um i was going to point out so the 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 musical pieces that we that we start that we're starting to see a lot before you know before certain trailers or shows or whatever the, the when done right I absolutely love them, and I think they add a lot to the show. So Ubisoft um, uh, for Sony uh, having uh, Gustavo Santania, I think that's his last name, come out before the Last of Us trailer. I was like, I was feeling that. Like I was, that music is phenomenal, and just having him out there great, like yeah. set the tone was awesome. And then even uh, before Ghost of Tsushima, um, that little I don't know if you call that a flute, a little wood flute, whatever. It has a name. Um, it's a Japanese flute, but it, yeah, it has a name. It's like a ta. ta- yeah. Um, it has a name, Dom. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and how he was dressed, I don't know. I was feeling that too. I was like, all right, we're gonna get some good samurai shit here. I just I was feeling it. But on the flip side, it can when it's done wrong, it's it's wrong and it's bad. And I'm looking at Rage Andrew Two, Andrew WK, who I didn't hadn't heard of, but apparently Whoa. he's kind of he's a big deal. Yeah, you don't um, know who Andrew WK is, that's crazy. 
He's no. I, th- I don't think he was the problem. I think the way oh, he no. did it was the problem. Yeah. No, absolutely. It wasn't no anything wrong with him. And I actually very weird. Yeah, and I actually liked the song, and I was like, this sounds pretty good. But then, like, when they go to shots of the crowd and it's people standing there, like, I don't really like this music, and they have blank faces, and it like they're not into it, so like it all feels they wrong. They ready to rage. Let's yeah, just say that. right. Yeah, I thought it was the the actual performance was really cool, but it just didn't work. It just didn't work there, and it was bad. Like, yeah, it, it presented bad. Uh, is your hot take so just like you can't say tell Jordan much I can't really say much to you in terms of the Sony thing but I like the first one I'll just leave it at that I like the the guy playing the what was it a banjo banjo yeah, yeah. went on a little too long but I agree Jared yeah uh, so let's get into we're going to quickly just state our rankings for the conferences uh, and just give a brief scenario as to why the why they are where they are so I have Microsoft first uh, obviously we've talked about I think they have the best conference by far fantastic conference uh, love the ending. Uh, Bethesda's number two. Uh, I eke them out in front Ooh. of Sony and Ubisoft because I enjoyed their surprises more. The Wolfenstein, Doom, Elder Scrolls, uh, all of their announcements, I think, just th- they had more surprises. Uh, Sony had tremendous games, didn't have a lot of surprises. Um, still, what the hell is Death Stranding? And go on and on about that. Um, so, yeah, they're three for me. I had a lot of issues with their conference, their games, different story which is a story for a lot of people. Uh, Ubisoft is next. Um, they didn't have any surprises. That's the one thing for me. They didn't have any yeah. surprises. They had a lot of games that looked great. They delivered. The Star Fox thing was cool. It was like a pseudo surprise, but they didn't have Splinter Cell, which is disappointing. Uh, so they're, they're, they're fine. I think they're still a good conference. Uh, Nintendo, yeah. once again, not a whole lot of stuff. Uh, wow. Smash. Wow, super low. Yeah, second to last... Uh, I just think that there wasn't a lot of pizzazz there. It was fine. It was a fine direct. I, I don't hate it, but I th- just thought it was okay. And then far, far, far in last place is EA. Don't have to go into it. Uh, what about Square? I don't include them just because they were one of the major six that we talked about for pre-E3. But if I had to rank them, I would put them right above EA. I thought the conference was unnecessary. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. Not that they had any bad announcements. I just thought it was unnecessary. Uh, Jordan, what's yours? Your ranking real quick with a quick synopsis. Yeah. Quick synopsis. uh, (laughs) First off, Microsoft, like I said, pretty much all killer, no filler, and they had a lot of fucking killer, and I do think it's the best E3 conference I've ever seen. Um, Has to be the best since I've seen, you know, all of the ones since they started really doing them right. I think it has to be the best of all time, and I think people are crazy, especially kind of funny saying that Sony had a better conference. Sony had great games. But they had very poor execution. I could not believe how poorly they executed that. Shit. I want to so talk about that in a future Microsoft, podcast about what absolutely. makes a good conference. Yeah, good conversation. Absolutely. Topic. And this is I am not rating the games that are shown. I'm exactly. rating the conference as a presentation or showcase, however you want to call it. Next up is Nintendo. I think um, they supplemented a lot of great stuff, like I mentioned, Super Mario Party and Hollow Knight. And then I actually really dig dig. Uh, the Smash Brothers stuff. Ubisoft is next. I think that, yes, it sucks that they didn't have surprises, but overall it was a really solid conference. Even Just Dance, I thought, was a decent part of it. Um, Then you have Sony, and the only reason that they're even here in this spot is because they had such great games to show off. But holy fucking God, that was a terrible way to build this presentation, uh, you know, logistically. 
Um, and then I have Bethesda. I think that the games, once again, were pretty damn cool, but they had way too many people come out on stage. Plus, I think they stopped for applause way too many t- fucking times. They were constantly stopping and starting and stopping and starting, and it really ruined the flow of it for me. Yep. Then we have Square, who's just barely above EA. Super unnecessary. Why the fuck are you having a conference if you're not going to have Avengers or uh, Final Fantasy VII? And the one thing that you could justify it with, which is Kingdom Hearts 3, you show the same goddamn trailer with just a few other shots. What the fuck were you thinking? And then very, very low down at the bottom is EA. I think their conference was, uh, in contrast to Microsoft, the worst conference I've ever seen. I did not think that they could stoop this low. Having a fucking live demo of a goddamn mobile esports game in the middle of your show is abysmal, and I could not even believe what I was watching. And there's plenty of other stuff that I could just drill them for, but I won't get into it now. Um, But I will say this. If... Um, I thought that their apologies, their like half apologies for the microtransaction stuff was weak as shit. And on top of that, then you're going to come out and try to look all prim and proper and say, look at us. We're doing all this stuff with these um, nonprofit organizations and like anti-bullying groups and shit. Like, go fuck yourself, EA. Bye. The one thing I'll say is they do that every year, oh, the man. charity thing. Not saying it's necessary yeah. or warranted, but they do the, do that every year. It still comes across very weird every year. Yeah, always Uh, comes across as like um, pandering. So fuck off. So we can get you out of here, Dom. What's your ranking? So I also have Microsoft first. Um, And even though like I keep, I've heard heard a lot of people say like, "Well, yeah, it was a good conference, but I'm gonna play all those games uh, on my PlayStation." And that's and that's the case for me too. But that. They were at the Microsoft conference, so I'm judging the conference. <laughs> exactly. That's just so I don't like care where Sony I, you had know. the best conference because of the best games. It's like that's not what this is about. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was just so much, and it, for as long as it was, there wasn't ever really a section where I was like bored and like looking at my phone type of thing. Even like the few things like I didn't care for, I was like like Forza. I was like, like I, I messaged you guys like this looks incredible. So I don't care anything about. It. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I don't give a shit about this game at all, but that looks really cool. Um, yeah. I'm actually playing yeah, it this year so thanks to Game Pass. Like, I don't even have to buy it because of Game Pass. I there gotta play go. it. So it's like, yeah. once again, super cool. Yeah. Yeah, and they, there's just so many things. Like, when we were, when I'm trying to go through and pick, like, my two, three favorite things from that conference, I'm like, wow, it could be like, I was like, I had to limit, limit it down from like six or seven, right? That, yeah. That could have made it. Um, there's just so much there. So, um, and it showed well, and, and Phil does a great job. And, so I don't know. That, to me, that was just that was a phenomenal conference, and pro- yeah, probably. I mean, it's hard to remember, but yeah, that's probably one of the best I've ever seen as far as conferences. The go. only conference um, that can compete with it in terms of structure and stuff was the f- 2015 with Seven Remake, and uh, what was the other thing that was on Shenmue? I think it's for a lot of people. Last Guardian. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, that's right. That was a good. Yeah. So I mean, it's certainly up there. They did a fantastic job. Uh, second, I have Sony, uh, and they they beat Bethesda for me. Um, just because, um, I mean, The Last of Us on itself, like just that trailer beats, you know, most of the other conferences alone. So <laughs> They both had um, pacing problems. Sony had better games. That That's the same reason that I... Well, and they about. showed yeah. more of their games. <laughs> Bethesda really didn't sure, show yeah. a whole lot, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, the demos were long and in-depth, except for Death Stranding. I don't know how you can justify calling that gameplay, but whatever. Um, I did dig the Sony deep dives more than I thought I would, real quick. 
Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, they, they were cool. The Death Stranding uh, favor ad of him just delivering packages, UPS ad. Yeah. Go ahead. Don. Right. <laughs> yeah. Death Stranding, that was weird. But anyway. Um, and then Sony also had – they did have some surprises as well, though, with uh, Resident Evil um, and Control, neither of which probably are going to be something for me. But you, maybe Resident Evil. But. You need to play Control, dude. I'm, I'm telling you. God damn it, Dom. I don't know, like that kind of stuff, like Quantum Break, and I look at that oh, game plan. It's, so eh. cool. it's, it's just so crazy good. to me that you're you're so into Last of Us and uh, and Uncharted, and you're don't want to play. Like, it's a conversation for it's another. It's the day, weird mechanics. Like, yeah, it's like the time stuff and the powers. Like, uh, yeah, that you're kind not of stuff, really like, into eh. superheroes. I guess I see it. I see it. I get it. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it maybe maybe I, I need to see more of it. I'm you know I'm prejudging right yeah. here, obviously. Too. But yeah, so Sony did have a couple you know good third party things to show also but um so yeah they're number two for me and then three bethesda they fell short just because the presentation issues like especially during the doom section like it was like what the hell is going on why are you guys just standing there in silence for a minute straight looking at each other no uh, that was rage too that didn't happen with doom it was oh, yeah, rage yeah, yeah. where they were rage. where they yep. were like oh, you, yep. you're tall yeah i am and then stood in silence for like a minute it's very weird yeah yeah, yeah that just was like and i guess the teleprompter was screwed up and, yeah. and to me i'm like when i hear the teleprompter is screwed up i'm like why on earth are you using a teleprompter like yeah. i've done a couple speeches with significantly significantly less importance than that and i you just i would never well, the, use a teleprompter the teleprompter messed me. up for ubisoft too when elijah wood was on stage i don't know if you guys noticed that he was like no <laughs> yeah go ahead don't yeah i don't i don't understand stuff like that like if you watch like like todd howard and some of the other people who are phil spencer and todd howard are like a cut above for me. right like they're just so yeah, natural right. like oh god they're not reading off a screen up there maybe they are just checking it to see the next bullet point of like you know the order yeah but they know yeah. what they're gonna say and they've rehearsed it many times like Anyway. Todd Howard came off a little bit like too cool for school, little douchey, but I was okay with it. I liked it. I, I liked, liked it a lot I, too. I like how cheeky they are and the jokes and everything. But yeah, yeah. Um, but overall, yeah. And then there was a good section in the middle for Bethesda where I was just bored, like when they're going through like Elder Scrolls Legends and uh, online, probably ESO, and online and a couple of things. And it was just a string of stuff like where they didn't even actually announce much new. Like, oh, we're redoing the the UI for Legends. Yeah, and that was the announcement. Like. Oh fucking K! Why are we talking about this for fifteen minutes? Yeah. Um, but it you know it it still is it was still good. I mean, obviously, I love a ton of their properties. Um, so yeah, Fallout, um, and then having Elder Scrolls Six, you know, get a little get a quick trailer is cool. So that I mean, I still like that conference overall. I just had some issues. Hundred percent agree. Yeah, um, it's two for yeah. me just because like Starfield. I'm so excited to play a a sci-fi Bethesda game. So it's super yeah. biased. Yeah, I see you though. Yeah, something new from them finally, right? Yeah, um, new IP wise at least. Uh, next, I have Nintendo. They just uh, there wasn't too much there, but Smash looks really cool. Um, and then Mario Party, oh, I'm really hyped for. But then they yeah they had an effective shadow drop for me with uh, with Hollow Knight. I'm gonna start that soon, but that's always cool. Like I I love these shadow drops. I sometimes I'm like that might not have been a smart business decision. Um, at least in the case of Hollow Knight, I don't know that. Maybe could have used some more marketing. I don't know. I think but, it worked. You don't yeah, understand I, like the the groundswell of people who have just wanted to hear yeah. a release date, dumb. Like there are tons and tons of people. Hollow Knight's like, a big deal. Give us a goddamn release date already. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just I'd be curious to see like some of the numbers around it um, compared to not. It's hard to say. Yeah, um, I understand where you're coming from though. Decent point. It's. Yeah. I'm just. Yeah, I'm just. I'd just be curious to see the strategy and some of the 
some of the you know well, the numbers that go into those decisions. But as we've heard, you want to get your game out ASAP on Switch, right? So they want to announce it as soon as it's ready because games have seen so much success. So maybe it's just like the reason it was announced today is because it's like, well, it was, it was ready two days ago, but let's just save it for E3, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it, it may just yeah have fit that way, like the the pieces fell. Yeah. Um, next, I have uh, Ubisoft. Pretty much, I didn't care about any of their games, so they, they kind of unfortunately fall this far down. Um, Assassin's Creed looked really good. I'm not going to play it, probably, but it looked really cool. <laughs> um, the Division, I was like, I don't know. It's more Division. I wasn't, it wasn't my thing either, so yeah. It's it crazy. Ubisoft. <laughs> not yeah. that you don't like it, but it, does, it doesn't resemble the first Division in a lot of ways. Um, well, it's one of those things where because I'm so I'm pretty unfamiliar with it. Exactly, so it yeah, <laughs> or it looks the same. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then last, of course, is EA. I thought, I mean, they were for the most part what I expected, right? A bunch of nonsense. I don't care about most of it, but as I predicted that earlier, or you know, for our pre pre E three, I predicted I would like this at least better than Ubisoft because I'm expecting respawn Star Wars game, which we did get, but I would have rather not gotten it, anything. Because that was the worst reveal of anything ever. I just from from what the way Vince Ampella was talking, it seemed like they barely got the confirmation to be able to say the title aloud. They're like, "We've been working with Lucas," right. and that's that's yeah. a whole other conversation for another day. Of like, yes, EA is doing crappy things with the Star Wars license, but imagine the hoops they had to jump through to get approval for a lot of stuff, dude. It's back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. So, right. Yeah. And then not only was he awkward, and, and yeah, probably a lot of it isn't his fault because I think he was stoned. To be completely honest with you, <laughs> it, th- that is a fair assessment. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if There's he was. He just made it really awkward. Yeah, he's a millionaire, you know. dude. <laughs> and then he and then he says the word Jedi's, which okay, I understand yeah, why people were bad. pissed off about Symbiote now because holy shit, how do you say Jedi's? You're directing a Star Wars game, a triple A Star Wars game, and. No wonder Lucasfilm is all up your ass because you don't even know that it's not the goddamn plural way to say Jedi. You know how many people work for Lego and say Legos? It happens, dude. I understand it pisses you off, but it happens. Still on a different scale. Like, Jedi is a big deal. The dude is about to go off stage and, like, go to a buffet and eat, dude. I don't think he was worried about saying Jedi or Jedi. That dude was like, fine, I'll announce the title. Just, okay. Well... It's important to say he wasn't on stage. He was sitting in the crowd. And that was exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that was so bad. I do like uh, the title. Anyway, I'll say that. I like the title. I yeah. don't. I think it's weird that they have... It's, like, double subtitled. You know, it has, it's like Star Wars, Jedi, Fallen Order. Well, I think it's just... They, they show the oh. Star Wars logo on everything, right? So the way I picture it is it's the Star Wars logo, and then it's Jedi, Fallen Order. So it's not so much a subtitle. I think, like, the Star Wars part of it is just branding. I understand you though. They'll figure it out. Yeah, it's weird. I'm. I gotta see how they present that, and then maybe I'll feel different. But. I feel. I you like know. the era that they that they chose. I think this would be a cool game. I'm still extremely excited it. for can it. But can we please? Can we please get some canon <laughs> Star Wars shit outside of this the Skywalker like, less saga? Hundred year time period. Yeah. Holy fucking shit. That would have been nice. Yeah. Nut up. <laughs> Done. Uh. Is that is that it, Dom? Is that everything? Yeah. Yep. That's it. Fuck you. I got something let's, else to say. Now. Well, let's close out the show because I know you have to go, Dom. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Next week is episode ninety nine. We're probably going to be talking about what we've been playing, obviously, because we've had a lot of time between, uh, you know, gathering everything we've been checking out. Um, after that episode one hundred, we already have it in the can. We recorded 
reflecting on doing the podcast and stuff like that um and then episode 101 will be back to our normal thing uh thank you guys for listening um we try to cover uh, everything as quickly as we can instead of doing two big long podcasts or whatever we kind of wanted to get to what we loved and the, the specific stuff that we didn't like um but we'll probably be there'll probably be some stuff slipping through the cracks next week in terms of talking about e3 um probably in news and other things that come up um thank you guys though if you can please follow us on twitter we're at ctrlint that's controlled interest abbreviated Jordan is at Mellow Modus. Dom is at Dom's Oreos. I'm at Jared underscore. Uh, follow us on iTunes. Please leave a review if you can. It definitely helps. Subscribe to us on YouTube. I'm going to be trying to put up a lot more impressions videos. I got a code to a Switch game called Shape of the World, which is really interesting. It's like a walking sim with like music and different elements. It looks really cool. Um, yeah, it's pretty much it. Catch you guys next week with more E3 stuff and everything we've been playing. See you guys next time. Bye.